So if you haven't looked ahead in your Honest Advent book, tomorrow is the Goop Day. For those of you that opened up your Goop, okay? This morning's sermon is entitled Vulnerability and Peace. And I asked JJ and Tara if they would lead in this particular song because birthing a baby can be pretty messy. And for those of you that got goop on you, I'm sorry. But you know what? Birthing ain't very clean. And that was kind of the point. So I asked them to sing this song today. If you have not heard it, it's called Labor of Love by Andrew Peterson. It gives a little bit, in my opinion a more honest account of the birth scene with Mary and Joseph.
on the streets of David's town. Thank you all for sharing that song. So, Christmas. It wasn't a silent night. It just couldn't have been. I, I was 21 years old when I had my first kid, Colby. Now, my mom, um, who teaches nursing and had been a labor and delivery room nurse for years, I wanted her in the room with me because she is a very calm and soothing person. She doesn't get really ruffled feathers that easily. So I wanted her to be with me so she could help me navigate this mysterious thing that I was about to go through. At some point during my pregnancy, we were at my maternal grandmother's house, and my aunts were there, and my mother makes this flippant remark. And the remark was, this labor will be interesting. And I quote my mom, Melinda doesn't have a high pain tolerance. Yeah, that's messed up. (laughs) But because I was so young and just was unhealed in so many areas of my life, for 22 hours, you heard that right, 22 hours, I never screamed or yelled. I wanted to show her I had a high pain tolerance. Now, I cried And I could hear women all over the birthing center screaming and thinking to myself, I don't want to scream. But I wasn't going to do it. There's so much wrong about that that we don't have time to get into. But let me say this. With my second child, I had been through some counseling and some measure of healing, and my mom was with me in the room that time, but I let her rip. I got to the point where I don't care what you think. I'm in pain. And the world needs to know. Birthing a baby is painful. And I'm sure for Mary that it wasn't a silent night. And according to our gospel writers, there was no mother there with her. Explaining what was happening. Holding her hand. Comforting her. Guiding her through this process. No one can really fully prepare you for childbirth. Some people will say, I remember when I was pregnant the first time, I was like, what is the pain like? I need something to, what is that, what's it like? And a lot of of women would say, well, it's like menstrual cramps, only more intense. It's a little bit worse than that. (laughs) Do we have any kidney stone survivors in the house? I've had two. It's comparable. It's comparable. There you go. There is so much more to birthing a baby than we can ever comprehend through what to expect when you're expecting, although that is a good resource. Not everyone knows that when your water breaks, it feels like you just inadvertently emptied your bladder and you're embarrassed. Not everyone knows that, okay, for the ladies in the house that have birthed babies, you're really going to understand this statement, okay? And if you have not birthed a baby, that's okay because I want you to remember this. Not everyone knows that every single employee in the hospital at some point will come into your room to check to see if you've dilated. Every single employee. I mean, the cafeteria workers, the janitor. Let me see if you dilated. 
<sighs> you lose all sense of modesty. There's just not any to be had anymore. You will be exposed in your most vulnerable of places and in a vulnerable moment. Not everyone knows how much it hurts when your milk comes in the first time and how good it feels to get it out. Not everyone knows how bloody and messy your body is after birth and for how long it remains bloody and messy after birth. There's a mucus plug to experience, fecal matter, nursing pads, leaky breasts, stitches, soreness, palpating the uterus, holy mother of pearl, that was awful. So much blood and for so much longer than you think. Birthing a baby is messy and gross and wonderful and beautiful all at the same time. And Mary would have endured all these things and so much more. And Joseph by her side, who could not do anything to help her. He couldn't make the pain go away. He didn't know how to birth a baby. And he couldn't breastfeed the Messiah. And so Mary is vulnerable. And Joseph is vulnerable. And Jesus is vulnerable. Pain makes us vulnerable. A body beaten up through the process of childbirth makes us vulnerable. Watching someone else we love suffer through childbirth and not being able to do one thing to ease the pain, that makes us vulnerable. Not fully understanding what is happening and why it's happening, that makes us vulnerable. An honest advent, and I, I've skipped ahead a little bit, so you'll, you'll get to this if you haven't been, but it's the chapter on goop. You're going to read it tomorrow. The author, Scott Erickson, says... Our hope is found in not an ideal vision that is so far removed from our reality, but in the very messy and scandalous participation of human weakness. Everything about God Almighty incarnating through the vulnerable process of human birth confronts all of our ideas of overcoming power. The birthing process is that the Christ story is actually about a God who brings salvation into the world through all of those messy details. Christ was born into the fecal muck of human biology, which we seem to wade through for the rest of our lives. God with us and all of our goopy humanity. Brene Brown, y'all knew I was going to talk about Brene Brown this morning, didn't you? I mean, it's vulnerability. Who else are we going to talk about? Who else are we going to quote? She says that she defines vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. With that definition in mind, let's think about love. Waking up every day and loving someone who may or may not love us back, whose safety we cannot ensure, who may stay in our lives or may leave without a moment's notice, who may be loyal to the day they die or betray us tomorrow. That is vulnerability. The dictionary says vulnerability is being susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. It comes from a 17th century Latin word that means wound. Being vulnerable means that you are in a state of woundedness right now and you could possibly be wounded. Vulnerability is a risk. Christ made himself vulnerable. He chose to be born this way to take a chance on Mary and Joseph that they would meet his needs and take care of him when he was at his most helpless. As a baby, as a toddler, as a child, he made himself susceptible to physical and emotional attack or harm. 
He allowed himself the ability to be wounded, to be let down by someone. And so did Mary and Joseph. I I have this picture in my mind of Mary from this Luke 2 passage where the text says, Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. All of those things in Luke 2 happening around her, happening around her, all the things. And yet in the aftermath aftermath of giving birth, all the gore and goop, all the pain and soreness all over her body, she had a son to feed, a son who was helpless to live on his own without her. Mary had just delivered the Savior of her people, a baby looking to her for nourishment and care, vulnerable, helpless. And then the shepherds show up. You know, some of us, after giving birth, we don't want company. Am I right? Yeah, okay. You're exhausted. You're, you're leaking from all the fluids. Your breath is atrocious. The deodorant, deodorant wore off a long time ago. You feel gross from all the leaking. Not to mention the palpating of the uterus. I cannot express to you how painful that is. But Mary has taken all of this in as a treasure. Mary would think about this moment for the rest of her life. The text literally means, when it says to ponder, to keep within oneself, to keep in mind, lest it be forgotten. We all have moments like this, whether we birth the kid or not. That something beautiful and wonderful happens to us, and we want to treasure that moment for the rest of our lives. I'm the biggest scatterbrain on the face of the earth. I I told leadership when we were in this process of bringing me up here from Alabama, if you do not see me writing it down, you must assume I'm not going to remember it. How many of you remember me saying that when you were here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it true? Yeah, yes. Thank you. And I I share that with you because you need to know that about me. But I remember every detail from when I birthed my babies. The first time I saw the fingers and toes, the first cry, the pajamas I wore, or pajamas, however you say it, it's pajamas, okay? Just pajamas. I remember all those details. My oldest son is, how old is my oldest son? I always forget. 27? Yeah, he's 27. I forget. Once they pass 20, I don't remember anymore. (laughs) Mary remembered these beautiful moments for the rest of her life and she rehashed the memory of them often perhaps retelling her family and friends you know when somebody in the family or friend becomes pregnant and you know how we are ladies we like to tell our birth stories because everybody should know right So when somebody comes along, your girlfriend, I'm pregnant. Oh, that's so great. Let me tell you my story. We do that, right? She probably did that too. She probably delighted in telling Jesus about the story as he grew older. I remember the night you were born, son. And she most certainly remembered the day he was born on the day he died. The Gospel writer Luke does more to illuminate the humbleness of the nativity story than Matthew does. Matthew is more concerned with pedigrees and and genocide and expensive gifts from highfalutin people. Y'all know what highfalutin means, right? Okay. Sometimes I don't know if my southernness translates. 
Luke reminds us that this Christ child was born into lowly circumstances, totally unexpected to the people waiting on this warrior king to rescue them, to topple all the powers that be. Fred Craddock, in his commentary on Luke, says that Luke has kept the story clean of any decoration that would remove it from the lowly, the poor, and the marginal of the earth. In the history of the church, there have been so many poor and abandoned as to be able to identify with this scene. Vulnerable. The story of Jesus' birth reminds us to be willing to be vulnerable is a good thing. There's risk involved, but there's high reward because somebody gets to see you and me for who we really are. And who doesn't want to be seen? I'm an Enneagram 4, but I, and I need to know that the people in my life see me, know me. They understand my motivations. They don't judge everything that I say or do. They see me. They love me. Erickson also says, Because one of the qualities that makes human beings so unique out of all the other living species is our capacity to reject being ourselves, to hide our identity, to put on a mask and pretend to be something we're not. We are scared of being vulnerable. We run from it. We hide from it. But it's so worth it to allow ourselves to be seen by somebody. Could you get hurt? Oh, yeah. Probably will. Could it be used against you? Probably will. Could be. Renee Brown, again. I should have just invited her from Texas to come preach this sermon. Vulnerability is based on mutuality and requires boundaries and trust. It's not oversharing. It's not purging. It's not indiscriminate disclosure. And it's not celebrity-style social media information dumps. Vulnerability is about sharing our feelings and our experiences with people who have earned the right to hear them. Being vulnerable and open is mutual and an integral, integral part of the trust-building process. Enneagram 4 here again. I have overshared with people my entire life. I'm awkward when I meet people. I'm not good at meeting new people. I'm awkward at it. But once I get to know you pretty well, oh my heavens, I can overshare and leave conversations going, why did I say that? That was, that was not necessary. I got another Enneagram over four, Enneagram four over here in Vicki. Do you do that too? Okay, so Vicki does it too, okay? Any other Enneagram fours? Do you do that? Okay, it's a thing. And Megan, yeah, yeah, we do it. And that's okay because we want people to see us. But wisdom reminds us that not all things are for public consumption. <laughs> wisdom tells us, lets us, teaches us that some skeletons in our closet are not necessarily ready to be revealed to certain people, maybe. And we do not always have enough healing in a particular area to share it. However, in general, pretending to be something that we are not only leads to loss of intimacy and connection. We need to be more honest with each other, more real, more vulnerable. We should at least have enough humility and be vulnerable enough to say, I don't have all the answers. 
I don't know what that means. Or my life is not always as pulled together as you may think. In this community, we should be able to say, I cannot forgive this person, or I have doubts, or I don't believe anymore. We should be able to say those things here. And I've said this before, and I will say it again. Some of us grew up in churches where the preacher said, when you walk in that door, you need to set aside your heartaches and your hurts and your worries and your anxieties and your stresses. Leave them out there. You come in here to worship the Lord. Set that aside. Focus on God. Who in the world has ever been able to do that when your life is falling apart? It goes with you no matter what you do. To walk in here and say, I'm going to leave that. That's to deny who you are and where you are in that moment. And God doesn't want us to do that anyway. We come as we are. That's what the sign says back there. Come as you are. You don't have to pretend that you don't struggle. You're okay. It's safe here. Vulnerability builds connection with one another. And we never know that by sharing our struggles with someone, how that could make someone else feel seen and build a connection with that person. Scott Erickson says that we find that where we really connect as humans is in the places where we have found that we walk with a limp. And it is my wholehearted belief that one of the major ways that the church, capital C, has failed is this propensity of ours to elevate people in places of spiritual authority onto pedestals that they do not belong on. I'm asking you again to listen to the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. It's a case study. It's a case study. Our teaching should not extend out over where our character is at at this moment. When we pretend to be something that we are not, we are in trouble. When we claim with absolute authority that the Bible means this or that or any given topic, we're in trouble. When a spiritual leader uses the pulpit or the lectern to scold the masses over a sin that he or she is neck deep in, we are in trouble. When our spiritual leaders are drunk on power and high on authority, we will all lose. When our spiritual leaders cannot confess that they confess that they walk with a limp, we all lose. When we, all of us, cannot confess that we walk with a limp, we all lose. I can't relate to somebody that can't admit they walk with a limp. Can you? I mean, I've, I've served with pastors before that, man, they, they had it all going on. They had any problems. There was no stress. There was no anxiety. I can't relate to that. So the, the title of the sermon is Vulnerability and Peace. And when we were working through this uh, Advent season with the teaching team, I remember Mandy saying, I can't wait to see how you put vulnerability and peace together. Well, this is what I think, this is how I think it goes. When we are honest about who we are and who we've been and who we hope to be, we can find peace within ourselves and with one another. The, the Greek word for peace, as used in Luke 2, means 
of the Messiah's peace, the way that leads to peace, salvation. The Messiah's peace, the way that leads to peace and salvation. What is the Messiah's way that leads to peace and salvation? Through the method that Christ chose to come into this world, through humbleness, through vulnerability, through loving people as they are, through seeing the unseen people in our world. It's not through the levers of empire building and political power. And just as an aside, because I got angry about this this morning on the way here, it doesn't rely on how Joe Manchin votes or not. It's not being drunk on power and high on authority. It's not insisting on my rights. It's laying down our rights and our need to be right. Laying down our certainty and and embracing the art of saying, I don't know. Maybe we can learn together. We find the Messiah's way of peace through vulnerability. Risking our hearts through emotional exposure to the world. God was born on the road. The crib was a feed trough, and those who came to visit were shepherds, not kings. By entering human history in this way, God identified with the powerless, the oppressed, the poor, and the homeless. Among them, God could do a divine work. A humility born of need may be the prerequisite for entry into this new kingdom. Humility born of need. I need a savior. Do you? I need someone who's not me. I need someone who doesn't look like me, act like me, think like me. My prayer for all of us this Christmas season, and me most especially, may we be vulnerable enough and humble enough to admit that we walk with a limp, we need one another, and we need a Savior. Will you pray with me? God, I I don't have all the answers. And I confess that there are times when I wish I did so I would look better. But that's not the point. The point is honesty. The point is love. To love people right where they are. No matter how dirty, how drug addicted, how unsuitable, how unseemly they might be. We are to love those in those margins because that's how you were born. That's how you came into the world was through people on the margins. Remind us, God, this holiday season to love. And may we find safe people to be vulnerable with, God. May we have peace within our hearts by just being who we are. 
I pray this in your son's name.